God who loves me well Better than I could ever love myself I can't seem to make sense of grace And I feel unworthy of your love most days As you welcome me into your holy place With nothing to gain Nothing to lose Nothing to show And nothing to prove The weight of the world Falls off my shoulder As the weight of your love Comes crashing Comes crashing All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Welcome back to another Strong Towers podcast. My name is Tom Edwards, and with me as always are John Ackerman and Mike Lara. And what you just heard was Mike reading... Uh, the last couple verses in Matthew 28, commonly referred to as the Great Commission. Uh, and this is something that has been kicking around this week uh, amongst the three of us and and uh, our larger men's group as well. Uh, I was reading in my devotional a few days ago uh, and just got kind of a new perspective on the Great Commission and and what's happening in those verses, um, and so I, you know, I I blasted that out to everybody like, hey, here's here's something that I'm thinking on, um, you know, and what are your guys take? And uh, we thought it would actually be a great conversation to have and record and and put out there on, on the podcast. Um, and so I just wanted to set the scene a little bit before we open it up. Um, the end of Matthew, uh, if you go back into uh, the Gospel of Matthew, the end of Matthew is is somewhat abrupt, right? We have like uh, a couple of paragraphs between uh, the women go to the tomb and Jesus isn't there. Uh, they run back to go tell the disciples. Jesus encounters them on the road and says, you know, don't be afraid, go find my brothers and, and tell them what has happened. Then there's this paragraph about uh, how the uh, religious leaders convince the guards to essentially cover up the fact that Jesus's tomb was empty. And then we jump into, uh, and at least this is where, where my uh, hardcover Bible kind of calls out the Great Commission. Uh, and it says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so there's a disconnect there between the the women having the encounter with Jesus and Jesus telling them to go and tell the disciples what's happening. And, and we see some of that in the other gospels, uh, the story of Peter and John uh, racing to the tomb. And um, But we've got this break where 
stuff has happened, this apparent cover-up is going on, and at the same time, Jesus has told the disciples, like, come and meet me on this mountain in Galilee, uh, and they go, right? And and they are there, uh, and there's, as I was thinking about these verses this week, uh, it just, what really shifted for me was how personal these last couple of verses, Mike, before we recorded, you were, you were talking about, uh, you know, kind of last words, right. And, and what everybody has to say, their, their last impression that they get to leave. Right. And this is essentially Jesus's last message to his disciples. Um, but it just, there's so much of a personal note in it. And it was just a way that I had not approached these verses before. Like, some of them doubted that that this was actually Jesus who came back, but they were there. They still went to the mountain uh, to go see what this is all about, you know. Um, and in particular, what was pointed out in the devotional uh, was Jesus does not say anything about, hey, guys, I really need you to do this for me. Or, hey, if all the stuff that we've done the last three years is going to pay off, this has to happen. Or all these lost people that are out there that I'm commissioning you to go and preach the gospel to, they need you. Or they will not be saved without you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, basically, if you love me and trust me, and believe me, then go do this. And I'm going to be with you. And that's it. There's no stakes, really. Just if you love me and believe me, go do this, and I will be with you. Um, and, and I just thought, man, that is so applicable to our everyday existence as believers, Go and do this thing I've asked you to do, and I will be with you. Yeah, I think, Tom, this week when you sent that text, it it came on the heels of actually one of the first times that I brought Kellen into a service to sit through the whole service, right? And, I, and Kellen's getting that age where he wants a little bit more meat and wants to be kind of seeing what a church looks like for for my wife and I. And so we brought him in. We, you know, we did the worship. We listened to the the preaching at the very end. Uh, announcements came on and, and, and they sent us off with the Great Commission. And as I was, you know, saying these words, I, it, it's almost become a habit. It's almost become one of those, I don't want to call it a ritual, but it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, pack up, grab my Bible, um, get ready to head out the door. And we're going to recite these words as we leave. And immediately after that, Kellen asked me, Dad, what was that? What, what, what did we just read? And I, I sat down and I, and I explained to him, very similar to how you opened up this, pot, this, this episode was, hey, bud, this is the scenario. This is what it is. And as I'm explaining this to him, I'm thinking to myself like, wow, I have downplayed <laughs> the Great Commission so much in the last you know, years of, of, of my walk with Christ because it's become one of those things where I just, I almost feel like I do it or say it just out of, out of habit and, 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 and as part of the wrap up. And so when you sent this text this week, it really challenged me again to, to re go back and reread this text and read it 
you know, word for word and understand, you know, the time, the place, how it was sent out. Um, and it, and it really helped me explain to Kellen how I applied this text, this biblical text to my life every day. Right. Um, in my younger years, oftentimes the only time I ever heard the great commission is once a year, once a quarter, when we would do, uh, when the missionaries would come in and start talking about all the work they were doing overseas. And that was always the go-to text, right? We're going to all nations to, to spread the gospel. You hit it so well that it is so much more than that. And so much more of a, a personal mission to take on that you're, you're kind of like handed these orders and it's your option or your, your way to say, Hey, am I going to execute this? So, um, again, I, I, I love the way you, you, you sent it out this week and it's really, um, helped me reshape my perspective and the lens of which I'm looking at this, at this text. John, how about you? What is, what's been your experience or approach with the great commission? Well, it's making me think, uh, just as we're talking about it now and you know, we always said the goal of Strong Towers was to make a community, right? That this wouldn't just be, you know, three voices throwing stuff out into the wind, but that the desire really was to find a group of like-hearted people that would want to share in, you know, a similar vision and a similar journey of, you know, as we succinctly put it, building up and becoming strong, right? And at the core of that is, it's a personal invitation, right? It's It's not a generic invitation. It's not you know, it, it, here's a Costco card for you and 8,000 of your closest friends. It's, you know, come be a part of this circle, pull up the fourth chair. And, you know, Tom, when you sent this out, I was, I, I think I was really struck by the personal invitation that's being extended from Jesus to his 11 closest friends. This isn't standing up in front of a church service to, you know, a couple hundred people that vaguely know each other. This is, this is an invitation to 11 people that know each other well and know the person who's extending the invitation well. And it's an invitation to go do the thing that you've been doing. Um, and that's the other thing that I really like about this. I, I, I know it gets used in different ways, but what I so appreciate about this is that when he says, go and make disciples, it's not it's not make converts. It's not get people to check a box or add their name to a petition. It's go make pupils, go make follow. Like what you have done for these last years with me, like you, you now get to go have that kind of influence in somebody else's life to show them the things that you've seen and allow them to learn from the experiences that you've had and show them a way that they may not have known existed before. And, you know, it, it, it brings to mind, you know, I think we talked a little bit in one of the last couple episodes about this workout group that we've started going to. And, you know, the slogan is leave no man behind, but leave no man where you found him. And that to me feels like sort of a, a restatement of this invitation is you get to share this with everyone, but the goal is transformation. You know, the, the goal is not just incorporation into a club, but the goal is transformation. And that just, that resonates so deeply. I feel like with what, what we set out to try to do with strong towers. Well, that one of the other things that struck me when I really started to look at the verses, at, at least in 
the ESV, he doesn't actually say, go teach people about me. Right? He, he doesn't tell them to go tell the story of Jesus. He does say, go baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, there there is a connection in there. But he says, go teach people basically the things that I have been teaching you. Right. And and like you said, John, it, it's about the transformation. It's not an indoctrination. It's not go hit people over the head with this knowledge that you have now. It's go go do this with people. Um, <clears throat> and I also pointed out in the text, like, uh, this is, this is pre Pentecost disciples, right? You know, flip not too many pages back in the story. And, you know, we get Peter denying Christ during his trial. Like these are not guys that are getting it right probably even 50% of the time, um, you know, and, and uh, so it just, it really struck me that, like you said, this is Jesus talking with his friends one more time and saying, okay, I, I'm leaving. Um, you get, you get to keep doing what we've been doing. You get to choose to keep doing what we've been doing. Um, because he doesn't even give them the authority, right? He just says, all the authority has been given to me. Period. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, do, go do this thing, right? They, they don't really get, uh, you know, anointed or blessed or, or anything like that. Because again, pre-Pentecost, um, it, these are Jesus' 11 closest friends grappling with the death of a really good friend uh, who has now proven that he is who he said he was uh i just i don't the, the personal nature mm. of that moment just really struck me this week yeah 100 percent. i think i i felt like i had a shift in perspective so much more after your text and and even in originally having the conversation with kellen and jonah and and again Part of it is because of my background and where I've come from. I, I looked at it with a military lens initially, right? Like, like the the context of uh, one of my favorite stories, message to Garcia, where hey, this message needs to be delivered to Garcia, and no questions asked, go get it done. And that's why I, I originally approached this. And it wasn't until I went back and started reading, you know, the left and right of this of this text and understanding this is a, a, a more intimate conversation. It wasn't like you know, here are my marching orders before I leave, move out and execute. It's, it was definitely like a, Hey guys, this is what we've been working for. This is, this is, this is it go forward and spread. Like you said, I mean, I, he does, he never says, Hey, teach them who Jesus is. It's teach them all that I've commanded you, right? All the stuff that I've taught you on how to be and how to love. And it, it just, it, it made me, I, and as a matter of fact, I've talked to Janelle, like I want to sit back down with Kellen and Jonah and, and rediscuss how this, you know, how these verses work in context and how they work and how to apply them um, to your everyday life. And, and that, I guess that brings me to, to, to another question I have is, um, now that we understand this and now that we've had painted this picture of what, what the 
our interpretation of, of, of this verse is how, how are you guys applying this um, to everyday life? How is this something that you guys um, are reminded of through devotionals or through, you know, um, being dismissed from church? But how, how are you guys applying the Great Commission to, to your everyday lives? I feel like, and maybe this is, again, because of, you know, background and, and experience, I feel like this is one that very easily can get pushed aside. Uh, I definitely have had, you know, kind of the thought similar to what you were saying, Mike, of, of this is marching orders, right? This is, um, and, I, and I think a lot of times it gets presented as that way. You know, this is what we do as the church. This is what we're here for. And this is what Jesus told us to, to be after. Um, and sometimes that can get pigeonholed to just, you know, people that are doing vocational ministry or, you know, or serving overseas or, um, but I think if I look at it more broadly, it makes me think about, am I engaging with Jesus in the things that he has asked me to engage in? Um, you know, not necessarily have I gone to the nations and, you know, and preach the name of Jesus, but, but what has he asked me to do? What has he shown me? Uh, you know, we're, we're told elsewhere in scripture that we need to be able to give a testimony, right? And that, that word, uh, for a while confused me, uh, cause I always thought about it as like a, you know, a legal term when you're <laughs> giving a testimony, right? Yeah. Um, but essentially that's what it is when you're giving your testimony on the stand, you are telling your story. Yeah. You, you can't tell anybody else's story. Right. And so when we're told in scripture to, to be able to give our testimony, that is who is Jesus to me? What has Jesus done for me? What does my walk look like? Um, and I think this idea comes back to that of what, what is it that Jesus has asked me to do, has has purposed me to do? Uh, you know, I, I didn't walk with him like the 11 disciples and, and see his teaching and his disciple making the way that they did. And so he said, hey, this stuff that I've been doing with you, go do that with other people. Right. And I think the same could be said for us. Mm. Jesus is doing something with each of us. Yeah. Right. And he is setting us up through those experiences to share that with others. And I think as I think about this, you know, what, what resonates deeply with me again, it, it's the intentionality of connection. You know, because they, as you look back earlier in the gospels, they, they had already been sent out to do the things they'd been sent out to heal. They'd been sent out to cast out demons. They like, they, they'd been sent out to do the tasks and they had come back and been amazed at what was possible. And so that could have just been the invitation here again is now just go do this without knowing that I'm, you know, the physical anchor point, but I'm still with you, right? Just go do what you already know how to do. And instead it's a different invitation. It's not the same invitation they got before. It's this time go make versions of you like I did. Right. Go invite people into a journey with you. Like I invited you into a journey with me. Right. He's so intentional with this word disciple. Right. It's not a bunch of one offs because they had that. They'd done that and they'd been wildly effective with it. 
But the invitation was, go do with others what I've done with you. Go invest, go connect, and go maintain those connections over time with intentionality. That's what I'm asking you to do because that's harder, right? That That's not the one-off. That's not the, let me go go drop uh, you know, a couple of sentences, go, go drop a letter. Let me go invest and go invest over time. And, you know, again, it strikes me, he's saying it to 11 and he had more than 11 followers, but he had 11 disciples. And so he's telling 11 disciples, go make disciples. And again, I just, I'm struck by the level of intentionality of the invitation. And so it feels like, you know, Mike, to your question of, and it's not super spiritual. I mean, some of it, I think is just my wiring as an introvert. Like I'm wired for fewer. Uh, I'm not wired for the many. Um, But I feel like that's when I am intentional about it, which is not all the time, but when I'm intentional about it, I feel like that's my intentionality is is the few over time. And it's funny that you mentioned letters, because as you were talking, John, I was thinking about the like the rest of the New Testament, right, is, is largely composed of letters. And so we do see these like moments, right? And what we can miss sometimes is when Paul is writing to such and such a church, he's writing to them, yes, to address things that are, are you know, going on in their walk, but he's writing to people that he did spend time with. Right. Yeah. You know, he he's would spend a connection. Yeah. He would spend two, three, four, five years with all these churches that he was setting up. And so there, he, he is speaking in those, you know, could be read as one off letters, but he's really spending time continuing that relationship mm-hmm. that has been built. Um, and I think, you know, the the microwave culture cliche is is definitely overplayed for us but that's something that we don't necessarily have a great picture of uh that i think uh culturally they had a much better understanding of right like uh when they the disciples call jesus rabbi that's not just using you know some jewish term because they were first century hebrews like that was a process that they were committing to where families would send their sons to go and live with a teacher and do life with a mm-hmm. teacher and learn uh, from this person over time. Um, and so, we, you know, we don't necessarily have even like journeyman apprentice type things have kind of gone by the wayside. Um and so we don't we don't know really what that discipleship mm. path is that they were talking about and the commitment that was involved. Yeah. So I think you're totally right. Yeah, for me, I think um like I do most often, I I had to study more and I had to research and, and really come up with a, a good answer, not only for this podcast, but again in teaching Kellen what what this meant. And I reached out to a good friend of mine. Actually, this morning he, he responded and I was like, man, perfect timing because we are talking about that tonight. And um, his response was it was something that I had to read multiple times. And it was just I was taken back because it was such a great summary from from somebody not looking at it from a, you know, the missionary perspective or even, uh, you know, 
of working within the church, but his, his statement to me was, um, for me, it's living intentionally and in such a way that it creates moments and opportunities for people to experience Jesus and that those experiences lead them into relationships with him. And I was just like, wow, like in, in, in my original thought process in trying to show Kellen this and how I apply it to my life, I had forgotten the smaller, the, the five meter targets, if you will, and the way of doing things daily and being intentional with that so that I can reach the people closest to me. And, um, in, in, in that I thought, you know, strong towers is, is, is oftentimes that way that I, that I share with people, my experiences and the things that I'm trying to create for them to, to, to learn off of. And so I, I'm really happy that we're having the opportunity to talk tonight about this and try to get try to show um, other men how, how we apply this to our lives. So now that we've had the opportunity to interpret, to talk about application and the way we're doing it today, and, and I believe we've all kind of hit a, a great stride in that, how about the way this can go south? How about ways that are reading this text can actually um, go wrong? Like, is there ways that we can interpret this text that are unhealthy? Or is there any ways that we can look at this from a perspective that is, I don't want to say unbiblical, but in a way to push an agenda or to, I think you said it earlier, create converts? And and maybe I'm answering my own question, but um, is there ways that this can go can go bad. Yeah, I think so. It's and I think it's it's a lot of what you just said, Mike. Like if it becomes about sharing right information rather than transformation. If it's if it's sharing right information without having first experienced transformation, you know, if it's trying to lead somebody else someplace you haven't been, um, that's usually not a good idea in in any setting. Um and I think, I, I think that's the temptation. I think that feels like the acceptable microwave approach is, you know, we, uh, we watch a YouTube video, we read a book and it's the false instant expertise that I now want to bestow on everybody else of, I've got this figured out. You guys got to do this. Oh yeah. Like when, when did you learn this? Yesterday. Right. And and that doesn't negate necessarily the power of the thing that you've just discovered. But there there's a value in longevity. There there's a value in trust but verify. Um, you know, there, there's a value in I know that I know that I know rather than I think that I know. Or it's possible this could be good, but you know, who knows? I'll change my mind next week. And, and again, like you look at the invitation that was given to these 11 guys, it was given at the culmination of three years worth of experiencing, right? They, they, they weren't asked to go make disciples in year one. They were asked to go and try things out in year one, but they weren't asked to go make disciples until they had become disciples. And I think that's that's where I've seen this go south, and that's where I've gone south with it. I think is is, I mean, it, it's the occupational hazard of a teacher, right? I want to prove that I know things, and this is about so much more than proving that I know things. It's it's I've walked this journey, and I can tell you from the distance walked that I know. I know at least a little of where this goes 
I may not know all that's ahead, but I at least know a little bit of, of where this goes. Yeah. I think for me, the, the place that came up is, is this has the strong possibility and, and has been done numerous times, um, of falling into the works mentality. Like we said, Mike, about like, these are our marching orders. This is what we have to do. Uh, if you're not doing this, if you're not making disciples slash converts, you're doing it wrong. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a weight I think that can be put on this, that Jesus did not intend in this moment that he had with 11 friends, uh, where he gets to commission them and, and send them out. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of that burden that we can take on. Uh, and then for me, and, and I think this happens, uh, to me in a number of areas, uh, is the self-diminishment, uh, of, well, I, I don't, I don't know enough. I, I, who am I to go and, and do this? Uh, and so, uh, instead of going out and trying and taking the first step on, on what will be a journey for sure. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we end up just staying on the couch, uh, and, and, you know, hoping that other people have received the great commission and, and are <laughs> doing what, you know, what it, what it says we're doing. Yeah. You definitely, definitely took my thought process. I think that's, that's oftentimes what my fear is, right? It's, it's, I don't want to be the guy who's beating somebody over the head with the Bible with, with not even understand or not even understanding the intent, but also the guy who, you know, I don't want to fall short and maybe just, you know, I just won't even take that first step in order to save the, save the embarrassment or to save the, the, the missed opportunities. And so I think that's, that's an area of, for me that I think goes, it can go South, right. Is to look at the, at the great commission and to expect other people to fulfill those, those roles of creating di- disciples. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes trying to disguise it as being supportive or being the guy behind the guy. For me, I think that's where I, I struggle with. And even, even recording today's episode, I think we talked earlier that I was like, Hey, you know, it can be it can be a little scary to try to you know bring this forward and to try to put yourself out there and and to have these discussions and have these conversations but um it's important and that's what we've been asked and what we've been invited to do so friends if you stuck around this long this one's obviously probably got a slightly different feel to it than usual um you know we were talking about sports last episode and childhood memories and nostalgia and that time that uh I was going to make a joke about winning the high school championship in Texas, but they just, I couldn't get the bat off my shoulder. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But we said from the jump that, uh, you know, we wanted strong towers to like, the reason we started is because there's so many things that we're passionate about and interested in. And, and so we've talked about, we've talked about books and movies and we've talked about relationships. We've talked about communication uh, we've talked about work. We've talked about, you know, all these different things that we're passionate about. And you know, over the years that we've been doing this, we've talked about the passion that we have for our faith, um, that it, you know, we strive to not just be members of a club, but active participants in a process of transformation in ourselves first. And we've had the good fortune to find some people that are passionate about the same things. And, 
And so we pursued this journey of transformation together. Just a few months back, back in May, uh, and we had Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan on talking about how we're wired to hear that there is an intimately, you know, personal conversational relationship available with God that we get to enter into. That again, it's not just membership in a club, but it's it's connection, it's it's attachment, it's it's transformation, and it's the reason that I left the classroom. Right, Because as much as I love getting kids to be passionate about history and the transformation that takes place in their life when they recognize that they're part of a larger story that began long before they were ever born and that will continue long after they're gone, but in which they get to play a role. I get to teach that same thing now to adults and teens that that they are part of something larger than themselves that began long before they were ever born and will continue long after they're gone, but in which they get to play an indispensable role. And not only in the lives of others, but in their own life, that they get to experience transformation, that they get to become who they were created to be. And I mean, if you can't tell by this point, I like this a little bit. And and so as part of being authentic with, with who we are as individuals and with who we are as Strong Towers, from time to time, we circle back to this area of faith, um, not to check a box, uh, not out of guilt, and not to, like we said, just drop a letter in front of people, but to invite conversation, to invite connection, and to let people know that are hungry. There's someone here that's willing to walk with you. And so we hope that that's how this episode is taken. Um, you know, we could sit around and talk about this for a while, that there's so much that you can pull out of the scriptures in terms of life, life application and good advice and, and essential wisdom. Um, but there's something deeper and it's transformation and it's connection and it's, it's an invitation to a journey. And so thank you for being part of this journey with us. And thank you for letting us share a little bit of the journey that we've been on with each other. Uh, so on behalf of Mike and Tom... I'm John, and we'll see you guys in the next episode of Strong Towers. I believe in a God who loves me. This week's episode is dedicated to our friends, the ones that ask us those hard questions and challenge us to grow. I can't seem to make sense of grace. This week's theme music was recorded by Nick Walker. Check him out on Instagram at Nick Walker Guitar. As you welcome me into your holy place With nothing to gain Nothing to lose Nothing to show And nothing to prove The weight of the world Falls off my shoulder As the weight of your love Comes crashing if you like what you're hearing subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review all of that helps other people find our show if you're looking for more head over to our website strong-towers.com and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at strong underscore towers And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers. 
to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.